0: Oh God's Please stand mercy, by. We'll be streaming live soon. So to me. Oh, God's mercy so amazes to me. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. To every generation, He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy so amazes we'll to me. streaming live sin. So watch the world around him. Please stand by. We'll he made a mighty life. nation from the seed of Abraham and led them through the wilderness into Please the promised of we'll mind. And found his love and mercy he gave his own God Who became the will be Oh God's mercy So
1: to me. Good morning. I want to thank you for your kindness, your gentleness to me and my family during these grieving days in our office. In our ministry, I'm at peace that my wife was called of the Lord and she's with Jesus. And uh, every day I process a little bit of uh, what has happened and every day I get a little bit of healing and understand what happened to her. So I want to thank you for your kindness, your gifts to Brazil and the mission there. You don't know how precious that is to me because every December we spend thousands of dollars because in Brazil we pay people twice. It's, it's two salaries. The salary is not much but the taxes are way up in almost 50%. So I want to thank you for expressing your love to us and to me during this time of grieving. Acts chapter 11 is where we are this morning. And uh, I want to read just two or three verses and we I'll break it to you what I have to tell you this morning. It says, And the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that Gentiles had also received the Word of God. You know, we're going through a time in America when the Jews and the Gentiles are not getting together. There's a, 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 a like an abyss between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews are the Christians. The Gentiles are are the non-Christians or uh, people who have a different faith besides Christianity, such as the Muslims. And so, uh, what God showed me in this story of this morning that God had removed the social barriers between the Jews and the Gentiles. And that is why the process of eight years after the resurrection and ascension of our Lord, things began to happen. Now, let me see if I can read a little more here, John. Uh, So, America now is going through this. We're not eight years from Pentecost, but we are at a time when the Jews and the Gentiles are not in no shape or form uh, friendly. Notice that Acts 11 happened at the year 41 after Jesus And if if I read to you verse 1 of chapter 11, the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, what really happened is that they received the word of God. Receiving the word of God has to do with believing the testimonies, believing the experiences, believing the gospel itself, believing the new way to live Believing how uh how Jesus conquered death and rose from the grave into eternity. And so when you think about the gospel or the word of God, it's not really the word of God, is the testimonies of the people who believed in the word of God. What Jesus did was repeated. So when you are uh, when you go to Acts chapter eight, verse fourteen, it says Now, when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Now, it doesn't say here, but Philip was the one who was called to go into Samaria. Now, notice this, that the word of God, through the Christian Spreads faith into the believers. Let me do a comparison for you to understand this. I heard a story this morning of a doctor. That uh, his practice, everybody contracted COVID. And they kept on working and, and God healed them all. Now Philip had a spiritual covid 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 very contagious I mean you get close to Philip and you, you you're sick full of the gospel So the power of this of this evil bug that is spreading all over America is no comparison with the power of the Holy Spirit Is this predicted by the Lord itself? Did the Lord itself predict it that the gospel is for the whole world? Well, look at Acts 1.8. And when you read Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness unto Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the um, utmost parts of the world. So in a way, of the earth, so in a way, Jesus prophesied that Samaria would hear Jerusalem would hear and Judea it's kind of interesting that uh, that as you study the gospel you begin to see that every time Jesus prophesied something powerful as it is it takes place but it takes place through the people there's got to be a person that stands, Within the gospel, I heard uh, a sermon yesterday by John Walker. Those of you that don't know John Walker, John Walker is married to Cindy Walker and she works in our office. And I was so blessed by John Walker. He said, some of us are under the gospel. Some of us are in the gospel. Some of us are under the word of God. Some of us are in the word of God. It's impossible to transmit the power of the gospel if you are under. But when you're in, you become a man who can contagiously affect thousands of people. You know, during this time of (coughs) my, (coughs) my wife's passing, I got so many emails, so many emails, so many people, so many cards. I have a table full of cards from all over the United States. I didn't know that my wife was known that way. I didn't know that she did what she did. You know, I'm traveling to Cuba, I'm going to Brazil, I'm going to Israel, and, and, and Mary Lucy doing her thing, and just contacting people and talking to people and praying for people and all of that. I mean, she made friends with a hairdresser that until two weeks ago did her hair. Her name is Suzanne Shaw. And she affected Suzanne. So what I'm saying is. The power of the gospel. Works to an individual. Because the word of God. Is power. To receive power. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So the power that you receive from the Holy Spirit is to transmit the Word of God, the gospel, unto others. Without it, you echoing in an empty room. Now, how did this miracle become so powerful? I'm talking about I'm talking about Philip going into Samaria. And by talking here and talking there in small groups here and small groups there, it affected the whole, it's because as you pass the Holy Spirit word into somebody, this somebody listens and he goes into a a home and talks to his family and the family talks to friends. (coughs) By the way, it's impossible to social distance from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. When the Holy Spirit got into the family of Robert Burnett it affected all the children affected his wife affected everybody all the children of of Robert Burnett came to know Jesus now the Gentiles received the word of God as they received it they spread it as they received they talked to others in, in the, in the in the movement of the Holy Spirit, within the hills of Samaria, within the corners, within the hill, within the pastures, within the shepherds, within the town, within the salespeople was the order of the day. It moves <coughs> through people that are in the word. Now also Peter. On verse 11, on chapter eleven, verse four, says Peter he rehearsed the matter from the beginning, expounded it by order of a currency. I couldn't <clears throat> pass this verse. <clears throat> what is he saying? What what my brother Luke is saying is on verse uh, verse four. But Peter he rehearsed the matter from the beginning, meaning. He patiently told uh, uh, he told the disciples in Jerusalem, because what chapter 11 is is the disciples in Jerusalem questioning, why would Peter get involved with unclean people? And he says, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, and he began. Now here, here's how the gospel then is. Well, I was in, a, I was in the city of Joppa praying, uh, in a, in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descending. It had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. It came right down in front of me. So the disciples in Jerusalem, who are the disciples? Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and Bartholomew, and Philip, they were there. You know, the eleven were there. And he said, upon the, upon the witch, uh, uh, when I had fastened my eyes. Because he saw the vision, and he, he stared at it. Physically, he saw <coughs> a sheep held by the four corners, and four-footed animals in there, uh, creeping things uh, <laughs> wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air things that the Jews do not eat now what what he's saying he's telling the story of what God did through the angel when he was in Joppa during our Christmas dinner Mr. Terry fryson did a testimony of what happened to him in Cuba. That's the same thing. When you begin to testimony what God has done in the past, the gospel works through the testimony of what God has done in your life through the life of others. You don't have to just uh, do social conversation and tell the story and smile. (coughs) I went to a conference to pray for a bunch of people, and, uh, and there were a lot of people in the altar, so I invite some others to pray, and as I passed by listening to what others are saying, they're telling stories of social football and, and talking. I said, listen, you can't talk, you don't need social football stories to, to, to be friend. Tell what God has done through you. The most powerful thing is the testimony, what God has done through you in, the, in your life, witnessing to them what God has And so when Mr. Terry began to speak, the place just filled with hope. And you could sense that there was a change in that dinner. Every worker that was serving, I noticed it because I was right behind him, stopped serving the tables. i never forget that. So we are talking about Gentiles and barriers and social barriers. Notice God did in Peter was to prepare him to meet the Gentiles. And so if you look back and you continue to look back, he saw the vision, uh, creeping things in the top of the sheet, and, and God said to Peter, kill, kill and eat. This is impossible to minister to Gentiles until you accept them as they are. It's impossible to accept. Sin should never separate you from the sinner. I know you have people who are deep into sin, not just an occasional sin, not just a little bit now and then, not just a, I'm talking about day and night, their hearts are corroded. I went into a funeral celebration. It was a black lady that I got to know Uh, in, in the hotel where I go to Atlanta to teach on Thursday nights. When I got to that funeral, there was a crowd of about 500 people in a park. And after I ministered to them, I sat down, and they retaliated toward me. It was ugly. It's very difficult to love the ugly. It's very difficult to go into a place and see the differences between black and white. It's very difficult. Very difficult to love <coughs> the unloved. And, and when, you, when you begin to see their sin, the Holy Spirit moves away from the situation because He wants you to extend grace to the sin. Just as you have ex- been extended grace to your personal life. But you have to be clean to do that. You have to understand the process before you do that. It's not that you are, are, are just clean all the time, that you're holy all the time. All of us are, are sinners and, and by the grace of God we're not b- burned to crisp. What I'm saying to you is that it's a posture of the mind. Philip went to Samaria and shared what Jesus was doing in his four daughters. The result of that was the conversion of Peter and John had to go over there. Peter and John went to Samaria to see what Philip had done. So honestly, God shows no favoritism. In other words, He's not going to separate you from others and you get the favor of God because you are, uh, how do you say, you go to church every Sunday. I think sometimes you need to go to a, a bar now and then and see what you can do. You know, I prefer for you to have the smell of sinners on you than have to have the smell of saints who never... Never, never extend grace to the sinner. We become an island. We become inoperative. We become people who love to go to feed our our minds and our soul and our spirits. But we don't have nothing to do with those that are, in the worst case, falling apart all over. One of the reasons why mission is so important to me is because I'm meeting people who have nothing to live for. Poor, dying. And as you share the gospel with them, as you share your money with them, as you share the love, as you hug them and you embrace them, they come to life. So Peter said, after he he said, he said, Peter 10.34, Acts 10.34, and Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive, that God is no respecter of persons. You know, the Jewishness of Peter, the uncircumcising thoughts of Peter, his his upbringing as a Jew, in a moment of hope, clear his eyes, his heart, his path, to see the prophecy of Jesus in Acts one eight. If you ask me, why do I like to go to missions, is that when I get there, I can really give everything I got. I'm not saying that uh, that doesn't happen in the States. Those of you in China that are listening to me this morning and countries all over the world, I want you to know that in you the hope of glory can multiply in power if you tell others what Jesus has done for you. Don't tell stories and try to make friends. Tell what Jesus... In other words, you know, make friends, talk and share, visit, eat 15,000 meals and become friend first. I, I like that approach. But let me tell you this, that's not how the gospel grew in those days. The way the, the way the gospel grew in those days was I was in my room by myself. I was sitting up there during lunchtime and I had a vision. And God showed me Tell the story. I don't know how many times I told you the story of how I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's a testimony of Jesus touching me physically. And I will tell it for the rest of my life. Why? Because the power of the Word is in the testimony. What God has cleansed, that call not thou unclean. What is verse 9 means here? What God has cleansed. God has cleansed, extended grace, shared grace, given grace, Grace never works on a side only. How in them. Them and on you. You and them and them and you. How to grow in grace. Extend grace. How to increase in anointing. Extend anointing. How to increase in faith. Give faith. How to increase in character. Give character. How to increase in joy. Give joy. Verse 15, it's an interesting verse because he just told, now notice, verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, of Acts chapter 11, is telling what happened to the disciples. Jesus, Peter is talking to the disciples in Jerusalem. And what he is saying is that, uh, this happened to me. And I'll tell you, I, I, I wish I could be in that, that group of people. You know, Peter, James, John, Philip, time. Uh, all, all the, they were staring. There's no question. If you looked at chapter 11, verse 4 to, to 10, uh, 6 verses, there's no disciple asking questions. When Luke wrote this, he could have said, and, and John interrupted and asked and said, explain this. How, how could God work in the same way he does with us, with them? How can God bless the Jews and bless the Gentiles at the same time? There's no questioning. They were listening. Now after, after Peter shares all of this powerful thing, verse 15, it's a powerful verse. It says, And as I began to speak, As I began means, I I haven't started. I've been interrupted. Excuse me, Lord, I have a sermon to preach here. Do you see? In other words, I'll tell you a story about Mary Lucy's funeral so you understand. One hour before the funeral, My whole family, my nine, eight grandchildren are in the house. Six, three wives and three husbands. Rick, Tom, and Rick and Sammy, and my daughter Sandy, Lucia, Cindy, and Laura, and the grandchildren. And I'm just sitting there because the children are talking and playing games, you know, all of that. And I'm just thinking about what is about to happen. And suddenly, I heard a voice. And I thought it was just God because what it required me to do was very odd. Go to the cemetery, something's wrong. So I go to the cemetery, I jump in the car, of course Rick drove on his truck and I went to the cemetery. And as I came up to the place that I supposed to, that I purchased about two years ago, I, I looked, there, the hole was way down there, 50, 40 feet, 50 feet away from me, I'd say a good 40 feet. And I thought to myself, oh my God, they already done the hole where Mary Lou's supposed to go in oh my God, oh my Lord, something's wrong. Something's terribly wrong. Ah, something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. And I went, I said, I want to go to the office. So I went to the office and I said, ma'am, there's a problem. She said, sir, there's another lady waiting outside. And when I looked at the lady, she was about nine years old, I got up, I got out of there. In other words, I'm not. And I waited outside of the door for her to finish. And my son Rick said something to me. <laughs> I'll never forget. He said this Dad, give a little space for God to do his thing. Let's go and do the funeral. Let God give God a space to do something. Of course, I I didn't want to I want to fight. <laughs> I, I want to say, Ma'am, I have a contract and I've got a contract and he says this and that. Well, she wrote the number wrong number of the contract. But John John, my brother, had I was a witness. John Dunn, Jonathan Dunn was a witness that that place was wrong. And so I went back. They put Mary Lucy on the ground and covered the flower. The funeral is beautiful and all of that. And during the funeral, somebody is standing there that i never seen before. So I went to him and he said, I'm Cliff and I huh? and I am uh, in the board of this cemetery. I heard your story. I know who you are, Mr. Bonfim. And I'll take care of it. And he did. He gave me a prime spot. Now when Peter began to speak was his physical testimony of what God had done to him through the angel in the experience of killing eat, remember. But he was interrupted. Just like I was interrupted at the at the place of burial. I was interrupted. I want to go and get that done and change the, close that hole, open this hole. But something powerful happened. Allow God to move. My son ministered to me. Rick ministered to me, and I was able to back up. And God took over. Because the spot that they gave us is better than anything else. And so, John, return there a minute for, for a minute, for just a second. It says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as in <coughs> at the beginning, at Pentecost. <coughs> so the whole. Holy Spirit was in a hurry. Peter, you don't need to continue to preach anymore. What you just said, in other words, the testimony of what God had done in the life of Peter was enough to baptize with power and save over 200 people. And then he said on 16, Then I remembered I, the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Meaning that when God taught of Gentiles the Holy Spirit baptized them first and then they baptized with water. Figure that out. Why did The Lord baptized over 200 people (coughs) in a a Cornelius, a a, a Gentile home, a soldier. Because he wanted to make sure the testimony was not going to be forgotten. I want you to know that your testimony this morning is the most powerful thing that you have. And if you continue, If you continue to rely on this testimony, if you continue to believe in this testimony, if you continue to share this testimony, you're going to have a wonderful life. See you tomorrow. Oh God's mercy So amazes me
0: to every generation, He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing. As I watch the world around me, I can see Jesus from the seed of Abraham and led them through the wilderness. Into the promised land In boundless love and mercy He gave His only Son Who became the sacrifice For everyone